The Story of Dr. Doolittle by Hugh Lofting Abridged by Taylor Seth Hall Part 4 The Rarest Animal of Them All John Doolittle told the monkeys that he must now go back to Puddleby. They were very surprised at this, for they had thought that he was going to stay with them forever. And that night all the monkeys got together in the jungle to talk it over. And the chief chimpanzee rose up and said, Why is it that the good man is going away? Is he not happy here with us? But none of them could answer him. Then the grand gorilla got up and said, I think we should all go to him and ask him to stay. Perhaps if we make him a new house and a bigger bed, and promise to make life pleasant for him, perhaps then he will not wish to go. Then Chi-Chi got up, and all the others whispered, Shh! Look! Chi-Chi, the great traveler! He is about to speak. And Chi-Chi said to the other monkeys, my friends, I am afraid it is useless to ask the doctor to stay. He owes money in Puddleby, and he says he must go back and pay it. And the monkeys asked him, What is money? Then Chi-Chi told them that humans could get nothing without money. You could do nothing without money, that it was impossible to live without money. And some of them asked, But can you not even eat and drink without paying? Chi-Chi shook his head and then told them that even he, when he was with the Italian man, had been made to ask the children for money. And the chief chimpanzee turned to the oldest orangutan and said, Cousin, surely these men be strange creatures. Who would wish to live in such a land? My gracious, how paltry! Then Chi-Chi said, when we were coming to you, we had no boat to cross the sea in and no money to buy food to eat on our journey. So a man lent us some biscuits, and we said we would pay him when we came back, and we borrowed a boat from a sailor. Now the doctor says he must go back, because the man was poor and his ship was all he had. And the monkeys were all silent for a while, sitting quite still upon the ground and thinking hard. At last the biggest baboon got up and said, I do not think we ought to let this good man leave our land till we have given him a fine present to take with him, so that he may know we are grateful for all that he has done for us. And a little tiny red monkey, who was sitting up in a tree, shouted down, I think that too! And then they all cried out, making a great noise, Yes, yes, let us give him the finest present ever had! Now they began to wonder and ask one another what would be the best thing to give him, and one said, Fifty bags of coconuts, and another, A hundred bundles of bananas. At least he shall not have to buy his fruit in the land where you pay to eat. But Chi-Chi told them that all these things would be too heavy to carry so far and would go bad before half was eaten. If you want to please him, he said, Give him an animal. You may be sure he will be kind to it. Give him some rare animal they have not got in their menageries. And the monkeys asked him, What are menageries? Then Chi-Chi explained to them that menageries were places in the land of men, where animals were put in cages for people to come and look at. And the monkeys were very shocked and said to one another, 
These men are stupid and easily amused. Then they asked Chi-Chi what rare animal it could be that they should give the doctor. No man has ever seen a Pushmapulya. Let us give him that. Pushmapulyas are now extinct. That means there aren't any more. But long ago, when Dr. Doolittle was alive, there were some of them still left in the deepest jungles of Africa, and even then they were very, very scarce. They had no tail but a head at each end of them, and sharp horns on each head. They were very shy and terribly hard to catch. You could not sneak up on the Pushmapolia, because no matter which way you came towards him, he was always facing you. And besides, only one half of him slept at a time. The other head was always awake and watching. This was why they were never caught and never seen in zoos. Even then, years ago, the Pushmapulya was the only animal in the world with two heads. Well, the monkeys set out hunting for this animal through the forest, and after they had gone many miles, one of them found peculiar footprints near the edge of a river, and they knew that a Pushmapulya must be very near that spot. Then they went along the bank of the river a little way, and they saw a place where the grass was high and thick, and they guessed that he was in there. So they all joined hands, and made a great circle round the high grass, the Pushmapulya heard them coming, and he tried hard to break through the ring of monkeys, but he couldn't do it. When he saw it was no use trying to escape, he sat down and waited to see what they wanted. They asked him if he would go with Dr. Doolittle and be put on show in Puddleby on the Marsh, but he answered, Certainly not! They explained to him that he would not be shut up in a menagerie or a zoo, but would just be looked at. They told him that the doctor was a very kind man but hadn't any money, and people would pay to see a two-headed animal, and the doctor would get rich and pay for the food he had borrowed to come to Africa. But he answered, No, you know how shy I am. I hate being stared at. And he almost began to cry. Then for three days they tried to persuade him and at the end of the third day he said he would come with them and see what kind of man the doctor was first. So the monkeys travelled back with the Pushmapulya, and when they came to where the doctor's little house of grass was, they knocked on the door. The duck, who was packing the trunk, said, Come in! And Chi-Chi very proudly took the animal inside and showed him to the doctor. What in the world is that? asked John Doolittle, gazing at the strange creature. Heaven save us, cried the duck. How does it make up its mind? It doesn't look to me as though it had any, said Jip the dog. This, doctor, said Chi-Chi, is the Pushmipulya, the rarest animal of the African jungles, the only two-headed beast in the world. People will pay any money to see him. But I don't want any money, said the doctor. Yes, you do, said Dab-Dab the duck. Don't you remember how he had to pinch and scrape to pay the butcher's bill in Puddleby? Do be sensible. We shall be poorer than ever when we get back. Chi-Chi's perfectly right. Take the funny-looking thing along, too. Well, perhaps there is something in what you say, murmured the doctor. It certainly would make a nice new kind of pit. But does the, um, 
what do you call it, really want to go abroad? Yes, I'll go, said the Pushmapolia, who saw at once from the doctor's face that he was a man to be trusted. You have been so kind to the animals here, and the monkeys tell me that I am the only one who will do. But you must promise me that if I do not like it, you will send me back. Why, certainly, of course, of course, said the doctor. Excuse me, um, I beg your pardon, surely you are related to the dear family, are you not? Yes, said the Pushmapolia. On my mother's side, my father's great-grandfather was the last of the unicorns. I notice, said the duck, that you can only talk with one of your mouths. Can't the other head talk as well? Oh, yes, said the Pushmapolia. But I keep the other mouth for eating mostly. In that way I can talk while I am eating without being rude. Pushmapolias have always been very polite. When the packing was finished and everything was ready to start, the monkeys gave a grand party for the doctor, and all the animals of the jungle came, and they had pineapples and mangoes and honey and all sorts of good things to eat and drink. After they had all finished eating, the doctor got up and said, My friends, I am not clever at speaking long words after dinner like some men, but I wish to tell you that I am very sad leaving your beautiful country, because I have things to do in Puddleby on the Marsh. I must go. After I have gone, remember never to let the flies settle on your food before you eat it. And do not sleep on the ground when the rains are coming. I, I hope you will all live happily ever after. When the doctor stopped speaking and sat down, all the monkeys clapped their hands a long time and said to one another, let it be remembered always among our people that he sat and ate with us here under the trees, for surely he is the greatest of men. And the grand gorilla, who had the strength of seven horses in his hairy arms, rolled a great rock up to the head of the table and said, This stone for all time shall mark the spot. And even to this day, in the heart of the jungle, that stone is still there, and monkey mothers passing through the forest with their families still point down at it from the branches and whisper to their children, Shh, there it is. Look, where the good doctor sat and ate food with us in the year of the great sickness. Then, when the party was over, the doctor and his pets started out to go back to the seashore, and all the monkeys went with him as far as the edge of their country, carrying his trunks and bags to see him off. Finally, the Pushmapolia, Gub-Gub the pig, Dab-Dab the duck, Jip the dog, and the owl, Tutu, got onto the ship with the doctor. But Chi-Chi the monkey, Polynesia the parrot, and the crocodile stayed behind, because Africa was their proper home, the land where they were born. And when the doctor stood upon the boat, he looked over the side across the water, and then he remembered that they had no one with them to guide them back to Puddleby. The wide, wide sea looked terribly big and lonesome in the moonlight, and he began to wonder if they would lose their way when they passed out of sight of land. But even while he was wondering, they heard a strange whispering noise high in the air coming through the night, and the animals all stopped saying goodbye and listened. 
The noise grew louder and bigger, a sound like the autumn wind blowing through the leaves of a poplar tree or a great, great rain beating down upon a roof. And Jip, with his nose pointing and his tail straight, said, Birds, millions of them, flying fast, that's it. And then they all looked up, and there, streaming across the face of the moon, they could see thousands and thousands of little birds. Soon the whole sky seemed full of them, and still more kept coming, more and more. And presently all these birds came down close, skimming over the water and the land, and the night sky was left clear above, and the moon shone as before. The doctor could see that they had blue wings and white breasts and very short, feathered legs. As soon as they had all found a place to sit, suddenly there was no noise left anywhere. All was quiet, all was still. And in the silent moonlight, John Doolittle spoke. I had no idea we had been in Africa so long. It will be nearly summer when we get home, for these are the swallows going back. Swallows, I thank you for waiting for us. That is very thoughtful of you. Now we need not be afraid that we will lose our way upon the sea. Pull up the anchor and set the sail. When the ship moved out upon the water, those who stayed behind, Chi-Chi, Polynesia, and the crocodile, grew terribly sad, for never in their lives had they known anyone they liked so well as Dr. John Doolittle of Puddleby on the Marsh. And after they had called goodbye to him again and again, they still stood there upon the rocks, crying bitterly and waving, till the ship was out of sight. Next week on the Storytime Classics podcast, Dr. Doolittle and his friends outsmart a band of bloodthirsty pirates.